Welcome to the Black Beetle Health Podcast. Talking all things health, well-being and equality for LGBTQ plus communities of colour. So relax, listen and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I've got uh, Tamsin with me. Tamsin, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name's Tamsin. My pronouns are she, they, um, and I am a yoga teacher. So um, how did you first get into your yoga practice? Um, So I started yoga when I was probably in uni I first got into it through meditation that's when I really started I was like my way in um just kind of like meditating in my room using like YouTube videos and stuff and then I started like reading like the odd book and things um but then it wasn't until about a year after I left uni um I was going through a really really bad time like in terms of like my mental health and stuff and my best friend who I was living with at the time was like, come on, get out of bed. We're gonna do some yoga in the living room. And I was like, oh, what? Um, and we just like stuck on our YouTube video and we did it together. And honestly, after it, I felt I felt so like light. Like it was almost like the like dullness had just shifted just a tiny little bit. And I was like, okay, this, this, this yoga thing is kind of okay still didn't really get into it properly like, and have a yoga practice for a while um and then it was when I actually went uh traveling to India and Sri Lanka that I really kind of started doing yoga most days um and just yeah really got into the practice and then it was after that when I got home that I was like right I'm really gonna like focus on this and then the pandemic hit and that is when I was like really holding on to it. I was like, this is what is going to get me through. And it really did. Um, so then that's what made me take the leap into teaching. Cause I just thought, you know, there's so many positive aspects of this where it's literally changed my life. But I know that the yoga industry as a whole isn't really, doesn't feel like it's for everyone when it is, you know, anyone can practice yoga. Um, and I wanted to try and like make it more accessible to my community. So what kind of ways are you like trying to make it more accessible? Um, so I have a weekly class, two weekly classes at the minute um, that are brand new. They've been running for like a couple of weeks now. Um, and they are for everyone within the LGBT community. We do a morning class, which is like a really energetic class to wake you up in the morning and then um I have a slow flow class in the evening and that's in Manchester city centre next to milk and honey cafe um at St Peter's house um and yeah so that just having those spaces where it is a specific kind of class for the community just just I don't know I, I feel like I needed that when I first started coming into yoga and that's what's made me take that leap where it's like if this just doesn't exist I need to create this um so yeah doing that and then also I've got some stuff in the works at the minute that I am trying to put some like workshops and classes together that are more aimed at people of colour 
Um, and then also hope, hopefully in the future, having more classes that I could offer for free. Um, so for people from like low income backgrounds and stuff can, can still practice yoga. Um, so yeah. Have you had any pushback ha having these kind of separate spaces? Um, not majorly, like no one's really expressed anything to me directly. I'm sure there's probably some people that have raised some eyebrows, but for me, that just doesn't bother me. I'm just gonna still do my thing. Um, I think people, I've had a few people like question it in a sense of like, they wanna learn more, which I obviously think is a really good thing. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing that's what that's been like really negative. Mm. And why why do you think it was important to have those kind of spaces carved out? I think because yoga is such a you know you have to be really vulnerable emotionally, physically, spiritually to really get the benefits of yoga. You know, like it's it's a really exposing space to be in. You know doing all these postures and really opening your mind to all these like new concepts and ideas. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been to yoga classes where I've literally like halfway through burst into tears because there's just been like this huge emotional release mm. and being in a space where you might be around people who, you know, might be, discriminatory against you or not necessarily ha or have certain opinions around who you are and how you identify if you're going to get into the space where you are going to have that emotional release it, it could actually like re-traumatize you a little bit more because you've not got that supportive environment um and you know you can do yoga at home like on your own um following youtube or following a zoom class but for me anyway, nothing really compares to having that kind of collective kind of love and support, supportive energy around you, especially from like-minded people who come from, you know, a similar space, um, who are also going to be understanding of, of where you're coming from. So like, you know, a lot of this stuff that we might be working through or dealing with or any trauma that might be tapped into in a yoga class might be related to our identity as a queer or trans person. So having people around you there to say, you know what, I get it and I feel it and I, I see you, I hear you, will only kind of motivate you more and push you more <laughs> into going deeper into your yoga practice because you'll know that you have your community there to support you if you do fall down or you know, you're gonna have people who are also attending the class who you can go out with for a coffee afterwards. And it's, it's about creating that collective liberation and community at the same time. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think the community aspect is so important because like, mm. you know, like the difference between doing it at home and doing it in those kind of spaces is it kind of takes it from exercise to yeah. being something where you're sort of creating something more than that moment. Definitely. And it's really hard to um like keep at anything <laughs> that's yeah. like, like improving my health like it's yeah. difficult so if I can go to a physical space and have almost like that um uh, I guess being held accountable and also being supported yeah. and also 
guidance it does change a lot because it is easy to like damage yourself more and like especially with like so I've got hypermobility so I need to be careful what kind of um what kind of exercise I do and what kind of stretching I do in particular so to have that guidance I think it it is reassuring and I know I'm not doing more damage because it's like the last thing I want to (laughs) do if I'm putting effort definitely yeah that's a really good point about you know having a really good teacher there in front of you like physically and also emotionally as well just knowing that you are supported it really helps you kind of almost like let go I think sometimes when you're doing it at home you're thinking oh am I doing this right or oh is this and then you kind of just like retreat a little bit don't you yeah there's a kind of shyness almost Mm. you are at home but you don't really give yourself fully to it yeah um but something I wanted to circle back to was you talking about the emotional release because that might seem quite like a a weird thing to some people to hear you know it's like okay what so you're doing a little stretch and all of a sudden you're crying (laughs) yeah so I don't want that to put anyone off yoga so that let, let me just put some context into that this was a four hour workshop of yin yoga which is where you're holding the postures for quite a long time um it's it's restorative in the sense that you are kind of still and it's it's but it's not a relaxing process because you are kind of we hold a lot of emotion we hold a lot of trauma in our body um if anyone's read the body keeps the score this will explain it a lot better than i can um but when you're holding these postures and and there's almost like an emotional release that comes from holding these postures because you know when we we hold emotions in our hips in our shoulders um and then that can happen you know at any point it can happen within the class it can happen after the class um but if you're coming to an hour kind of vinyasa flow class the likelihood of that happening is isn't as high as doing like a really intensive um yin yin class where the aim is to have that emotional release um but yeah I mean it's that's the kind of like the power of yoga in that it 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 isn't just the physical practice it you know it supports your emotional well-being it's a deeply spiritual practice as well you know it's way way more than just the physical um postures or the asana which is what it's called in Sanskrit there's actually a full eight limbs to um yoga which kind of goes through ethics and social practices uh breath works so or pranayama and then the full kind of array of meditative um practice that you can have so it kind of is a whole package and it's not just what we see kind of on instagram of doing headstands and back bends it's way way more than that um so yeah yeah that's really interesting so speaking of Instagram, so the Instagram look of yoga, it's very, very thin, very white, very blonde. Yes. And I think it's fair to say you're not all of those categories. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you are not a white lady. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, yes, absolutely. And it's, it's so, so important that we have representation for a practice that can be so life-changing or, or, you know, even if it's not life-changing, even if it's just, it gives you a little bit of emotional relief or it helps you stretch out your body in some kind of way. 
even just those positive aspects, seeing people who look like you, who um, have a similar life to you, or even that just respect you and get you, it's so, so important. And as you said, you know, yoga is a space that I thought was literally just for thin, white, middle-class, cis women who had more time on their hands than most other people kind of thing. And it wasn't until I really got deep into it that I was like, oh my God, no, this is actually like something that is really helping me here. And I think that should be accessible to everybody. Um, and we have to remember that, you know, yoga as a practice was created by people of color. It comes from India uh, or Kemetic yoga from Egypt. And it's so important that we have that acknowledgement and, and, and have that representation of the people whose ancestors created it. Um, and it, it, having that representation will hopefully, you know, encourage more people to go to yoga because they think, oh, actually, you know, it's not just for middle-class white women. That, oh, I see someone who is, has like a similar body, body to me or is, you know, gender diverse or is a person of color. And it'll, it'll kind of maybe have that little light bulb moment of, okay, maybe I'll go and try out a yoga class. But it's also important that we have yoga classes that are accepting of everyone because you can still go into a studio and be, you know, sticking out like a sore thumb. And I've been in that situation multiple, multiple times. And I've had to really kind of do a lot of kind of self-work to get through those situations. Um, but I shouldn't have to do that. I should be able to walk into a yoga class and just feel comfortable because like I said previously, it really does put you into that vulnerable space doing yoga. So then when you're going to a space and you think, oh God, I feel out of place here. You, you kind of not give your, you're not going to give yourself fully to it. Um, so yeah, having that representation, having that community is, is so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting being in those spaces because you can tell the people who feel comfortable because I've been in yoga classes, not for years now, but <laughs> <laughs> where people were just falling asleep and mm like batting an eyelid and you're like wow well to have that level of comfort and I think it's great that that's something like you're seeking to provide um I've also really appreciated well one video in particular that stood out to me so uh was one of your adaptation videos and you did one uh without hands and it was because I've been wanting to like engage in some yoga for a while now but because like disability flare-ups haven't really allowed me to but other disabilities have required me to <laughs> and yeah. I'm in like this limbo where I'm not really doing any anything to help my body in uh, out of fear or hinder other parts of it so seeing yeah. that's really really amazing is that kind of is that a sort of series you're hoping to do yeah definitely I, I like I said I want to make my offer of yoga to be accessible as possible to everybody, to all bodies. Um, and I, you know, there's, there's, other, there's various other things that you can do, um, like chair yoga, for example. Um, I offer kind of like slow flow classes. So it, you know, you can kind of deepen your practice in, in the postures a little bit more. Um, but yeah, in terms of, of my offerings, I definitely want to kind of focus on a varied range of kind of classes. So 
all different kind of people can come to them. But just in general for my kind of uh, in-person classes that I'm running at the minute, I make sure that all of my classes and postures are buildable. So I always offer different options for certain postures um, so that, you know, if, if someone wants to kind of take it a little bit further, they can, or if someone wants kind of a little bit more of a restorative practice um, for that day, then that's, you know, that's their choice. Um, and something that I always kind of state at the start of my classes is that, you know, this is your practice. It, I'm just here to offer and guide and support you through it but you know your body and know what you need for today and if you want to take it slow if you want to take it fast if you want to go really really strong or you want to be really restorative this is this is for you um, and no one can take that away from you it's around owning your body and um, taking care of it for yourself um, and I'm just here to support you in doing that kind of thing. Amazing. Um, so if you go just to basics, I know lots of people who kind of love the idea of doing things and then get freaked out by like the small steps. So something as basic as like what to wear, mm. uh, back to the sort of like yummy mummy image. Yeah. Of, and not everyone's like keen and ready to go in the like tiny, tiny sports bra and, and tight, tight um, athleisure leggings. So what would you recommend for a yoga outfit that isn't gonna cost loads of money and uh, or be super tight or revealing I mean honestly my like opinion is it's just wear whatever you want wear whatever you feel comfortable in so if that you know today I taught a class and I'm wearing like a really huge floaty jumpsuit so if, the, if that's your vibe wear that if you want to wear like a big oversized tee and some tracky bottoms wear that if you want to wear shorts if you want to wear a sports bra and the leggings you go for it but it's about you feeling comfortable in your own body because if you're going to a class and you don't feel comfortable before even walking into the door you're not going to be able to get those benefits you're not going to be able to relax into the postures and and really kind of get that feeling where you walk out of a yoga class like oh I feel great now because you were you were you were throughout the class you're thinking oh this this outfit just doesn't feel right um and you know if you go to a yoga class and and anyone makes you feel a certain kind of way for wearing whatever you want then that's not the class for you um I, I mean I'm not even like just wear your pajamas you know what I mean just whatever whatever feels good um and that's kind of what I want to create in my queer yoga classes as well, because I, under, I I get that, you know, these tight high leggings and having the really short crop tops or the um, the sports bras on can be, can seem really, really intimidating. It was intimidating for me when I first started doing yoga. Um, but then I also, I also know that that can be quite liberating for people and and empowering to be able to, you know, wear those clothes no matter what body you have so there's kind of no no rules here it's just whatever makes you feel your best self really yeah perfect because I, I remember going to um a class when I was like a lot younger and I thought there was a certain kind of like uniform that you almost mm -hmm. have to wear like the unspoken rule and I couldn't find any like quite the right thing um and then I found some leggings that were 
they fit me but they kept sliding down the whole time so I couldn't get into anything properly because I was so conscious of that and I spent all those times looking for that pair of leggings that didn't even fit right when I had other things I could have worn and been comfortable in but you know it wasn't what I like yeah what I deemed to be appropriate yeah there's nothing worse than leggings that don't stop falling down in a yoga class you don't want to be constantly pulling them up I've been in that situation so many times but yeah just just like literally wear your floatiest outfit your most comfortable outfit whatever makes you feel good and, and and just make sure that you can move in it as well you know that's that's the main aim in terms of if there is any rule about what to wear it's just making sure that you can you can move your body Mm-hmm. so what kind of um things are you excited for in your sort of yoga career oh that's a good question um just to hopefully kind of build a community where we all feel comfortable doing yoga and we don't have to like subscribe to any of these unwritten rules that have been made in the west about how you look or how you dress or you know whether you can do a handstand or whether you can do this back bend um getting away from just it being that purely physical side and just you know having a community where we can build like collective healing and liberation and just also have fun with it as well um would be really amazing um and I hope to, like I said, I hope to start offering um, kind of more community classes uh, for various different kind of groups and stuff. But that's all subject to funding. So we'll see where we get on that. But yeah, just just to kind of build these classes and hopefully get more people doing yoga that wouldn't normally feel like going into one of these studios that we see. Yeah. And um What's your sort of experience with meditation and how that fits into yoga for you? Yeah, so um, as I said, I, I got into yoga through meditation. That's that's kind of like was my route in. Um, but then since I've been doing yoga more and obviously since doing my yoga teacher training, they are both basically the same thing. So yoga as what we see in the West, the physical practice, the asana, and then all the other limbs are all to prepare the body and the mind for meditation. Um, so, which is why in, in my classes, we go through some physical postures and then we do some pranayama, which is breath work. And then we have uh, some time at the end to kind of slip into a sh- kind of short meditation. Um, so they're kind of, linked almost um some people see yoga as kind of like a moving meditation where you can kind of really lose yourself in the in the in the movement from each posture to the next um so yeah that's and, and doing yoga has really really helped me to deepen my uh, meditation practice as well because it, it it really does work it really does prepare you for for meditation and kind of that uh that mind chatter as we call it that that constantly goes through your brain when you're trying to meditate kind of eases off a little bit after doing yoga so it really does um help prepare you for it yeah absolutely I think mind chatter is like my biggest hurdle Mm -hmm. (laughs) even when I think I'm thinking about nothing and I but I still can't shut off yeah 
I've really um, uh, found difficult. And I think recently I've been trying to kind of try some meditation or mindfulness to work through some of my physical pain. Um, and I find that only <laughs> I keep ending up just falling asleep and that's the only way <laughs> I mean there's nothing wrong with sleeping though right that's always good <laughs> but I know what you mean it can it's, it, it can it can feel difficult um but I think for me the main thing there is don't try to stop yourself from thinking because you'll just think more just acknowledge that you are have a lot going on through your mind and just try and bring yourself back to your breath with every thought that you have just acknowledge it process it let it go and then just think okay back to my breath now and it'll probably keep happening and keep happening but for me it's just all about consistency um and sticking to it and eventually you'll get to a point where like you're like oh I'm meditating <laughs> I think yeah I think focusing on the breath is really important and I think it's something that not a lot of um I think that a lot of sort of like YouTube videos and stuff, they focus on visualization a lot, which I find very helpful. But speaking mm -hmm. to other people, I found that they don't have as like, they don't have the sort of visual uh, capacity, yeah. which I, I didn't even know was a thing. Um, but they, yeah, they didn't have as much as an imagination than they, when they say, you know, like picture this, picture that. They yeah. just they can't. Um, so it's interesting um, hearing why they kind of are reluctant to engage in meditation, even though they might benefit from it and they think they could benefit from it, but they just, you know, it's, it seems like a unachievable. Yeah, of course. And I, I guess it's about what, finding what works for you, right? Because you can make anything kind of a form of meditation, you know, depending on what it is that you do with your day. Um, like when I do my pole practice, I find that I just slip into it almost like I don't think about anything other than what I'm doing there and then, you know what I mean? And I, I've got nothing going on through my mind other than trying to get certain postures on the pole. And that would be classed as a form of meditation, right? Because you've not got that mind chatter going on. Um, so I guess it's just finding what works for you. Um, and again, like you said, it could be visualization, it could be focusing on the breath, it could be doing any kind of movement or even like a creative practice as well. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be so static. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Where can people find you on socials? Yeah, so uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, which is Tamsin Nicole Yoga, but the N on Tamsin is the same N on Nicole, which makes it really annoying for people. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my Instagram. Uh, and I am in the process of making a website. It's just taking me longer than I thought it would. <laughs> well, we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Bye, everybody. Bye.